Hi, my name's Camilla George and welcome to the Jazz Podcast. My new album, Ibio Ibio, is out today and this is my single, Abasi Isang. Camilla George, welcome to the Jazz Podcast. It's so lovely to have you back on the show. How have you been? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Amazing. You had your launch listening party last night for your new album. How did it go? Yeah, it's good. I mean, to be honest, I didn't really know what a listening party was before, but um, I'm not sure I know what it is now. Um, But it was nice to have everyone there um, to listen to the album through and to talk a little bit about the inspiration for the tunes. Oh, I see. So you don't play live. You listen and you chat and... Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. So you've not done anything... No, I've never been to anything like that before. Okay. So where's the where's the venue? Tell us how this works. So the listening um, party was at the Library Lounge last night at the Standard Hotel. First time I've been there. Very, very nice. Um, and we just had a like a little section there, although it did open afterwards to uh, Drag Queen Bingo, which was really cool. <laughs> wow. Did you stay for that? Stay for that, yeah. Oh, wow. That sounds fantastic. What night. Yeah. Yeah, how how much of the album do you play at a listening party? We played the whole thing from beginning to end. And that's quite nice because that's how I wrote the album. I wanted it to be um, played like that. So uh, it's really because people don't listen to music like that anymore. So it's quite nice to play something from beginning to end. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. And that's how I listen to music. So I feel really funny about the idea. And because you're right, most uh, like most of the i don't want to call them consumers that sounds a bit faceless but you know people that are listening it's weird the way you write something but then it's received so differently to what you had in mind and there's not well i say there's nothing you can do about that you've just done something about it a listening party 
Yeah, and I think things like doing, that's where vinyl comes in as well, because if you do, do put the album on vinyl, unfortunately, I mean, you can't skip on vinyl. You have to just listen from beginning to end, and I like that about, about that new, you know, it's not, well, it's not a new idea, but they're kind of it become, being back in vogue. Yeah, it's like a new old idea to not have a 15-second skipper so you can just exactly. like... Wow, that's such a good point. So did you ever consider not having vinyls for your album? No, I mean, the first album, I it wasn't, it certainly wasn't a thing. When I did my first album, we sang in 2017. I don't think people weren't really doing the vinyl. But definitely for the second one and, and the third one, it's more also because of the art. I love the arts work on vinyl. Um, mm. I'm, been working with this amazing artist um who's done all of the artwork for my albums a guy called Kristen Banfield um I it's just an, an uh, opportunity to showcase that as well we were just talking to Robert Mitchell and he his show's coming out next week but he was saying he's done physical for 11 of his 12 and the one that he didn't he's going to go back and do because it's like driving him a little crazy you know that it's digital only <laughs> Yeah, I think it's nice to have a physical, um, and especially when you tour, it's like, you know, you can say to people, you know, check it out on Spotify, whatever, but it is nice to be able to give people the actual vinyl or CD. Yeah, I agree. Did you take a stash of them all last night? But this is the thing I've just realised. I I didn't, um, and we are going to Belgium on Sunday. We're supporting Femi Kuti, um at Het Depot. So I'm going to have to try and uh, dash back and <laughs> get a mm, go grab some. Yeah. Tell us about the album then. What were your inspirations for the music? It was. It's basically about the BBO people. Um, I was born in Eket, um, and they're a BBO people, um, South uh, Eastern Coastal Nigeria. And I wanted to write an album first. Initially, it was just going to be our creation myth. When I was looking into the creation myth, it was kind of a little bit misogynistic. So I thought, maybe I won't focus on that only. Um, and also, there was loads of stuff in my research that I was interested in. Um, I've written about a secret society, Ekpe, which my granddad was part of, and his dad. Um, I've written about a shrine in the village, the long juju shrine of Arachuku, um, which is uh, where um, people were judged. So, and if they're found guilty of a crime, they walk through these tunnels um, and down to the beach. And if they were found guilty, their water was said to turn red. In actual fact, there were boats there waiting for them to be to go into the slave trade. Um, so it's, there's loads of like, really interesting stories that I found. Well, that's terrifying. I know. Um, and that one, it's like, with that particular one, it's like, it's that kind of uncomfortable aspect of slavery. You know, the the fact that you have people who were enslaved and then you have people in, who were enslaved also working for slavers. You see, the first time, you know, I saw uh, Roots with Kunta Kinte, I mean, he's enslaved because somebody's informed on him somebody in his own village you know and it's just an um an unsavory aspect of what happened in the slave trade 
Um, but yeah, that I mean, that shrine's there. So that's, that was a, something I wanted to write about. And uh, I collaborated with uh, Sanity, Birmingham-based rapper, who actually, uh, she really got it. I sent her through all the research and her lyrics are, are banging. They're great. She's really got what I wanted her to get from that. She features on the album. Yes, she does on three tracks. And how did you decide that that was a direction for it? Were you already a fan of her music and you just, just like, like, how does that work? We'd actually been on, I think it's three tours together. The last one, uh, just before lockdown, was P- with Pee Wee Ellis. So we did his his tour, which was amazing because obviously he then passed away not long afterwards. And um, Sanity's amazing, somebody I've always wanted to work with. And it just came to me that that would be the direction. I wanted her to, her to be involved on the album. Also on that last tour was um, Daru uh jones who's a hip-hop drummer and he was in the periodist thing and i thought if this this is going in the hip-hop vein it has to be i have to get the hip-hop king on that track so i was really pleased that they both agreed to do it tell us who else is on the album there's a load of people on the album so sarah tandy daniel casimir winston clifford um renato paris on keys and vocals uh, Kajali Kuyate on Kora, Shelly Tete on guitar, um, Sheila Maurice Gray on trumpet, Rosie Turton on trombone, obviously Sanity and Daru Jones. Oh, Sam Jones also on drums on one tune. Um, yeah, it was a big old band and it was uh, a bit stressful trying to record that during that lockdown. Yeah. It was all of it done during lockdown. Yeah. So it opened. Oh, we recorded it in the December and it opened up for a bit. We were um, literally closed. I think the lockdown happened a few days after we'd recorded, which was very lucky. And we were also very lucky that nobody came down with um, COVID because we were thinking that was going to be a situation. Um, Rosie had contacted me saying that she had been in contact with someone that had COVID and she it was one of those days when you know you had to go and get the, the, the expensive test so she was going off to get this test and luckily you know she didn't have it so we were able to do it but as soon as we finished it um it was um because it was mixed and recorded by luke um who um used to work at pizza express doing the sounds excellent um sound recorders um we were just going to uh, go and do the mixing um but then everything was closed so we had to do everything um via kind of zoom and using programs so that we could we could hear it the changes being done in real time that was good i mean it's great to learn how to use that technology but so you were at home and and but able to see real time changes when you're mixing it yeah yeah wow it it was really cool he did tell me last night what the program was but i've forgotten it um yeah i produced the album with tom harrison who was at college with great great alto sax i was thinking about tom the other day and i was just wondering what he was up to this is amazing yeah answer the question for me that i was oh brilliant that's lovely writing and producing um yeah so the three of us in our three separate homes we're, you know, we must have spent ages on these Zoom calls, really just going back and tweaking it. Then we'd listen to it on our systems, come back again. Um, and it worked. We, we've, it took, obviously, it took a lot longer than 
if we'd been able to go, you know, round to Luke's studio and just do it. But, you know, we had to work with what? <laughs> with the restrictions. Annoying now to think because you think of Boris having a good old party. And, uh, yeah, anyway. Hey, can we talk about the album launch on the 16th of November? Yeah, so... Um, Launching the album on the 16th of November at the Jazz Cafe as part of the EFG London Jazz Festival. Um, the big band's going to be there. I don't know how we're going to fit on the stage. I think people are slightly worried about that, but it will be fine. <laughs> it always seems to work in the end somehow. It'll be fine. Um, yeah, we've only got like two pianists and like, horn section, um, guitar you know, it'll be, it'll be what it will be. No, it's going to be a great night. Uh, Sanity's going to join us as well, which I'm really excited about. Um, we've done a few gigs with her in Birmingham mainly because obviously mm. she's in Birmingham, but yeah, she's going to come down to London for this one. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. That's fantastic. It'll be amazing to have it all because you've got so much, so many musicians involved, you know, to get everyone in the same place at the same time is no, is no easy thing. Nope, <laughs> no. I mean, that back room at um, Jazz Cafe is obviously not going to contain everybody. I feel like um, the tiny little cupboard that they, they offer for the, the green room is not going to contain the 15 musicians who are going to be performing. Yeah. And then, <laughs> well, that's sorry, I was just like, yeah, I was just thinking that the bar will just have to do it. That'll be... Oh, yeah, yeah. We, you know. Yeah, it's not not a hardship, is it really? What's coming up after the album launch? Ooh, after the album launch, we have a few things coming up. They're quite exciting thing, which I'm not allowed to talk about yet. But right. I'll just bleep a really long period of the show. Um, <laughs> it's an overseas thing that's happening. It's very exciting next early next year. We've actually just finished an, an amazing tour. We went to, um, we played at Blue Note Milan, um, where actually in the hotel, we met Mike Stern. <gasps> what? Yeah, I know. Um, it was absolutely, and and his wife, and they, um, they came to the gig. I couldn't that believe it. So cool. Well, cool and also terrifying. But they were playing the next night. Um, unfortunately, we missed them. But yeah, Blue Note Milan, what a vibe. Wow. Then we went to um, Bim House. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Bim House, Bim House in Amsterdam. Amazing. It's the first time I've played there. I know it's like everyone goes on about this venue, but I'd never played there. But wow, that was so cool. And then we did two nights at Duke de Lombard in Paris. And that was pretty cool um so i'm a bit dead after that um we do have some more dates um mainly european dates um coming up we're going to slovenia um and somewhere else where i've forgotten but (laughs) (laughs) we're busy um and i also play with china moses so um and she's got a pretty hectic tour um european tour uh, which will be ending, I think, Christmas Eve. So hopefully, oh, wow! Yeah. I think we'll get home in time for Christmas. Yeah. So I, ha- I have been quite, quite forthright about um, making sure that my Eurostar is booked. Wow! <laughs> so- oh, I feel like the Netflix cameras should follow you home on that. Like that's just got like, yeah, midnight Christmas Eve, getting in the door, you know, like just in time. I can, yeah, I can she- see it. It's got made for TV movie all over it, hasn't it? 
Can you tell us about this misogynistic creation story? Because it sounds really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was basically, I mean, it's it's not as, well, no, it is quite bad, but it was more just that, first of all, it's, um, it's basically about um, them creating, it's quite similar to um, basically God. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, he Abassi is like um, considered to be the supreme god, and our and basically the origin of um, of our people, and he was supposed to be um, ruling with his wife, um, who is um, typically known as the. Um, goddess of mediation so she kind of gets involved um and basically he created everyone in their own image but he didn't he when he created the humans he didn't um give them the ability to kind of feed themselves and they um found not explaining this very well no i'm Um, loving it i'm actually (laughs) loving it but basically um they they wanted to be able to live on their own terms um and they also and so they asked if they could um if they could live um leave the sky and live on in on earth um he was just like nah we don't i don't want that to happen but a tie steps in because he's mediator and she says uh, she wants to compromise so she says the humans can live on earth but they have to return to the sky every day to have their meals and they weren't allowed to hunt or to do anything else farm they were also forbidden to get married and to have have kids because they they were basically worried about being overpowered is the way it's it seems it's quite an Um, interesting story because it rings true to climate change you know (laughs) yeah don't have too many kids no we need mediators to come in and and you know sort of help us out as humans we're just like running riot trashing the planet at the moment sorry carry on no, and, so, and then basically, obviously, as you, um, you know, humans being humans, they broke the rules. Um, and Abassi was really angry about it, and he blamed his wife, Atai, because she was the one that convinced him to let humans live on Earth in the first place. Um, uh, but she did have a cunning plan. Um, so in order to prevent humans from growing too powerful, she sent evil into the world and that's like evils, basically death and nasty things. Um, and basically that was how they, they, they kind of learned to control (laughs) the humans. So it's not really the greatest story in terms of putting that out there and throwing your hat into the ring and saying, yeah, this, this whole album is about that. Because the sto- the story's a bit dark. That is pretty dark. Yeah, it is pretty dark. It's like you saved me, so now I'm going to send death and um, and illness, and yeah, you guys, good luck with that. So <laughs> that's why I was like, I like it, but I also want to write about other things. So how do you take that and make it into the music that it's become? Um. Well, I. 
like I'm always I think I said this um the other day I did um first degree I actually did ancient and medieval history which I know is wow yes that was in Tara's notes yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um I I did yeah did ancient medieval history and I basically um love stories and that's really what what influences me so for it's different for loads of people but i write to stories because i like that that aspect and i like a research aspect as well so i think that's that's how i was influenced in terms of the writing i researched it i felt like i understood the stories and then i find uh, something that uh, you know i start writing what i feel fits the stories so it's just the influence of the story that you take forwards onto a score when you start writing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for example, like uh, in my last album, The People Could Fly, there was a tune about uh, tapping the land turtle. Well, in that story, tapping the land turtle, his um, whole village are starving. There is a famine and he meets the king of the underworld um and says you know I'm, I'm starving i need i need some food for my family and he gives him this stick and he says if you tap that three times food will appear and that's why the theme is three times on that song um the words and you say the words um and that's why i wrote it like that and that's the theme it's also in three oh, <laughs> apart, fantastic. apart from eight bars which are in four <laughs> But we don't talk about those. We don't talk about that. That's just the bridge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's like there are there's a reason to for 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 it. You know, I like to write like that. I find it interesting. Yeah, it really is. It's an amazing album. It's such an interesting story. Such amazing way for listeners to be introduced, like me, to a mythology that that I'd not heard of before, which is really nice, and to remember that there's a lot more in the world going on than than just what's in my immediate vision you know I find it very um I find it very soul enriching to find stories and music like this and then get lost in a cave of discovery and get to talk to you about it has been amazing yeah thanks yeah and I do like I mean we've got to stories are a great way to kind of disconnect from from the world aren't they Mm which is what I've always liked about them. Yeah, and that's something I love about your album is that you have uh you have a story that goes all the way and each track has got its own history and its own reason, you know. Yeah, I like doing yeah, I mean, other people write differently. That for me that works for me um as I say because of the way my brain goes, but um and it's it's also quite focusing as well because you can then get into the vein of it and just be like oh well it should sound like this because this happens and these these are the important things that i've taken from the story i completely agree it sounds incredible we're going to finish with the track creation so that we can check out all of the wonderful ideas that you have just shared with us camilla george thank you so much for coming back on the jazz podcast congratulations on your album ibio ibio which is out today friday the 30th of september so go and check it out yeah brilliant thank you for having me
We've loved every second. A journey across the sea and home's the destination A soulless spirit to Okapong celebration Being a minute, so forgive my pronunciation <laughs> My bad Set this route that I'm taking Swoop any loose roots causing frustration We're facing a change and a people need saving Waving for sun rays, the storms have been sailing The walls have been caving, but look, we're amazing We still rise, strength of the ancestors' praises Pass through the ages, transfer my heart onto pages Cannot be silenced, we faded Creation. 